In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, coming to you as usual, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, you might care to hit the subscribe button, give us a big mention in your prayers, chuck us a few quid on PayPal or Patreon, a few constructive comments, maybe. Uh, criticism is perfectly acceptable. Uh, if it's constructive, uh, in the comments section. Second Sunday of Lent. Mmm, I love the smell of penance in the morning. Uh, that's a reference to, to Robert Duval in Apocalypse Now, in case some of you aren't film addicts. He was Lieutenant Kilgore, I think. Yeah, so we're taking a Father Kilgore approach to this today. Second Sunday of Lent, that magnificent scene in the first reading from Genesis chapter 15, uh, where, where the sacrifice is prepared and Abram, as he is then, before his name becomes Abraham, Abram uh, falls into a deep sleep. And he, he, a terror grips him. Fear and terror are often the, the accompaniments to the, the presence of the divine or the angelic, which is in a sense the presence of the divine, the, the Hebrew, the Hebrew for, for angels is, is uh, malach and an angel is a messenger. So if you're dealing with a messenger, you're dealing with the one who has sent the message. Yes. And there's the burning furnace and the great firebrand that crashes down between the two halves of the sacrifice. And God says to Abram, I give you all of this land. From the Wadi down to the great river. It is all yours. It's an absolutely splendid first reading, full of drama and promise. At the beginning of the reading, God has promised Abram, your descendants shall be as many of the, as the stars. And then in the gospel, we have the transfiguration, which is really, in some ways, the revelation. It is where the mask slips, so to speak, and Jesus is shown for who he really is in the company we expect him to be keeping. You know a man by his friends, don't you? So if a guy appears to you transfigured, shining brilliantly between Moses and Elijah, you have a fair idea, if you're a devout Jew, that this guy's pretty well connected with the higher-ups. Eh? The transfiguration is really a revelation. So in, the, in, that, in that first reading, you have the great promise of God. You have the, 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 the vision, the, the furnace, the acceptance of the sacrifice and the donation of the land. The promise of the descendants, the donation of the land, the cutting of the covenant. The cutting of the covenant. One cuts a covenant in the Old Testament. One cuts a covenant. And then in the second reading, we see this descendant of Abraham 
who is also God. We see the thing completed and the invitation given out to the whole world. And this final sacrifice will also be accepted. The resurrection is, among other things, the sign of divine acceptance of the sacrifice. This the new covenant. Old covenant, new covenant. Old sacrifice, new sacrifice. You see how this goes? So what are we talking about here on the second Sunday of Lent? Hmm? You can't separate Lent from covenant. You can't separate Lent from God's promise. We do this because he promised. I do because you do. And if you don't, I won't. It's a deal. It's a contract. Jesus Christ is in himself the living covenant. God has done what he promised. Huh? God has done what he promised. If you separate sacrifice, if, if, if you separate sacrifice, if you separate penance, if you take penance and separate it from this promise, penance becomes grotesque, it becomes self-harm. It becomes completely decontextualized and becomes at best weird and at worst wicked. But if you situate it firmly in the context in which it is meant to be found, then penance is no longer sinister or even merely undignified. Penance is perfectly logical as an ascesis, as a training in the covenant. We, we are training so as to be open to God's grace so we can keep our side of the covenant because we can't even keep our side up without him. And how is our side kept up? He has done that in Jesus Christ. It is by incorporating ourselves into Jesus Christ that the covenant is kept on the human side. In fact, it's kept on both sides instantaneously through that. That happens in the Eucharist and that happens in the church, which is, is his body all over the world. Lent is living the covenant. Lent is covenanting. Lent is the cutting and recutting of the covenant. On our side, God doesn't change his mind. Whereas we never stop. Losing our courage, chopping, changing, dithering, diddling about. Lent is a training in understanding of what has already been done. Lent is teaching us how to open our presence and accept what has been done for us. In the transfiguration on the mountain, the covenant becomes legible in all its terrible beauty. And so just like Abraham in the first reading, the disciples are afraid. 
you should be going into this Lent. And by the way, if you've already failed in your in your resolutions or in your penance, stop worrying about it. Confess it. Do the penance. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. You have a covenant to live. You cannot allow yourself to be cheated out of your inheritance, out of your covenant. Happy Lent. Happy penance. Enjoy. You're a lucky man. You're a fortunate woman. You've just inherited a fortune. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.